0: good evening and welcome to slam the gavel the show that tells it all regarding family court and CPS issues I'm your host Marianne Petrie and today I've got a great guest her name is Barb Schroeder Barb works with families who are experiencing alienation she is a certified reunification coach Ohio Supreme Court mediator guardian ad litem and parenting coordinator although Barb works in the court system Her emphasis is working with families that the court system has failed, helping alienated parents find stability, strategies for reaching out to their adult children, and preparing them for reunification are just some of the things she focuses on with her clients. Barb would be happy to work with you, and um, we're going to talk about all of that. And uh, how are you doing this uh, evening, Barb? (laughs) Barb?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on today.
0: Oh, oh, I'm glad to have you on. You have a lot to say. We have a lot to learn from you. And uh, I was going to ask you, how do you become an Ohio Supreme Court mediator?
1: Uh, It's a process of coursework that's taken. So uh, it's offered through the state. And there are certain um, processes, classes that you need to take. And then um, you end up being certified as a mediator.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So, with these parents, where the court system has failed them, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure there's there's many many par- people out there. Uh, you know, how do you handle all these people <laughs> mm-hmm. where the system failed?
1: Right. Well, unfortunately, that seems to be happening more and more. Um, we're seeing that the courts between mental health and the legal system they don't seem to understand the dynamic and what's happening and how to identify it and how to handle it properly within the court system. So um, most of my clients come to me and they have children between the ages of 18 and 30. And they tell me their, you know, often sad stories of how they did their best with the court system, but they either had mental health professionals or legal health um, professionals that didn't help to move them forward. And a lot of these parents have been treated very unjustly in that system. So um, A lot of my work is just in coming up with new strategies that don't deal with the court system or even mental health providers to say, how can we still reach out to these kids and how can we make a successful reunion?
0: Mm -hmm. Now, if someone wants to reach you for help, do they just um, email you or do you have a website?
1: I do have a website. You can go to, uh, there's actually two. One is more of a communication arm and one is more of a coaching arm of my practice. So they can either go to, um, together again, coaching and reach me there, or they can go to the bridge for us and it's the bridge, the number four us.com. Um, they can they can contact me by my email address, which is my name, Barb Schroeder eight six four at yahoo.com, or my phone number as well four four zero two two one one eight six six.
0: Okay, that's wonderful. You know, I mean, when these people come to you, and you know, what if they say it's been four years, there's no hope?
1: That's that's often where they come to, and well, you know, a lot of these parents. Um, I, I can see where they're in a place where they haven't had hope, they haven't had appropriate help. So one of the things we work on first is just kind of a stabilization piece. And I think a lot of parents who have been through this are, um, a lot of them are financially drained, mentally and emotionally exhausted, um, feeling like that they've done everything they can, and yet still no communication. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we take a step back, we, I, I do, you know, a kind of a history on these people and find out what they've done, what they've tried, what's worked, what hasn't, and then together we come up with new strategies. These are often really creative approaches to reaching out to their children um, and pulling up things from the past that, that would make a connection with their child, or even pulling people in. Some of these people who are kind of outsiders, um, they may be mutual friends or family um, that can help uh, make a bridge between a parent and a child.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so important. A lot of, um, you know, the people, their families don't want to get involved. Mm -hmm. You know, their their cousins, you know, they may ask their cousin, hey, can you um, send a card to my son or whatever? And they just won't get involved.
1: Right. And that's a common thing. And I coach parents on that to understand that you, in a couple ways, you you don't, obviously, in the big way, you don't want them to cut off a relationship with that cousin or that family member Mm -hmm. who may be trying to reach out. So it's an acknowledgement of that. It's saying, hey, listen, I know that you still communicate with my son or daughter, you know, as the alienated parent. And I don't, I don't want to jeopardize your relationship with them. So what are some things you could do? What are some ways that that cousin, that, you know, aunt, uncle, someone in that position, could still be kind of a positive influence without being that direct, you know, they're not passing along notes or gifts or that type of thing. What's another way that they could just communicate that you are a safe and healthy parent and worthy of having a relationship with them? And we talk about dealing with it in that way, not as, as much of a messenger of information, but as a transfer of information about that parent in a healthy way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, how difficult is this, you know, the reunification process? It, it can take years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It can.
1: And you know, one of the first things I tell my clients is a lot of these parents feel like if they're not reaching out to communicate with their child, that they're not getting anywhere, that they're not trying. Um, Most of these people are people who are doers. They feel like if they're not actually physically doing something that they're they're not trying to, they're not working towards that goal of reunification, but what parents need to understand is that they need to do a lot of work on themselves before they can get to that point, point. and I think one of the biggest fallacies I see in alienation is that parents say, I will be okay once my child returns, mm-hmm. but the truth of it is they need to be okay before their children return. And if you think about it, these kids are are most likely to come back in a very unstable place. They've been affected by an alienator in a very negative way. They're confused. They're angry. They're dealing with all of these issues. Um, And if you you as a a parent haven't been able to deal with those things yourself, how are you supposed to help your child? So I tell my clients, you know, if you always be reaching out in some form to your child, even if it's and frequent, but your main work in, in reuniting with your child is in you and getting you to that place where you are emotionally stable, mentally, financially, you're, you have stability in your life across all those areas so that when your child does return, you can have a successful reunification. I've seen a lot of parents who aren't there and their child tries to return and there's a little bit of communication and it's mishandled a parent wasn't emotionally prepared for that child coming back. And even though there was a start, there wasn't a happy finish to that because they couldn't continue that communication in a healthy way because they themselves weren't healthy.
0: Okay, like do you ever have uh, the kids come to you that have been alienated?
1: Yes, I have had communication with alienated kids and most of them again are angry or upset um you know they tend to stand their ground in whatever they're doing but we work together to try to just create an open line of communication we set up boundaries a lot of these kids are very hesitant to communicate with a parent they're very concerned about um an alienating parent being involved how do i balance um trying to reach out to a targeted parent and still dealing with an alienating parent and they don't even know how to deal with that they don't know how to go back to a person who's still an alienator in their lives, and to be able to communicate to them in a healthy way that they're trying to establish a relationship with this new parent. It's very confusing and very sticky, but there are proper ways to handle it, and I have helped kids navigate that route.
0: Do you find that they feel a lot of guilt?
1: It's a wide range of emotions, and I think it's a process. You know, we talk about things like grief as a process, I really believe that reunification is a process, also because these kids, you know, if they're communicating with me, there is a certain openness to trying to restore a relationship. And so it might start with hesitancy. And then, as their eyes are open to things, there can be guilt. Um, some of these kids will say that they really didn't do anything wrong and that they were justified in rejecting a parent. And, and now they're willing to give this parent a try like putting on some kind of new pair of shoes or something. But, you know, that's kind of where it starts sometimes. And the relationship has to build over time. And again, this is where it's really important for a parent to have that stability because, you know, they'll feel like, you know, hey, my child started talking to me and I'm feeling like they're treating me like like I'm on the back burner of life. I don't have much value. And if you're prepared for that, for the start, for it to start that way and for you to build on that, then you can have success. But if you, you know, it's a couple weeks into it and you still feel like you're just the parent who's always going to be on the side, then, you know, it it gets discouraging and it's harder to stay with it. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes these parents get their hopes up when they meet with their child and they think it's going to go somewhere Mm -hmm. and then their child, I I hate to say adult, (laughs) a young adult, you know, they'll they'll ghost out. Mm Mm-hmm and then the parents back to feeling discombobulated and upsetting mm-hmm.
1: again you know that's why i work with parents on what does the road of reunification look like this is a bumpy road some people it's like you know we kind of have a joke that it's like well if you think alienation is hard try reunification you know it's, it's wow. very challenging okay. it is it's always worth it and it's always something you want to do but You know, I think some alienated parents have this vision of their child showing up at a front door crying and saying, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I realized what happened, now I'm 100% loyal to you. And that's just not how it looks most of the time. So Mm -hmm. preparing these parents for what that journey is gonna look like is really important. Things like, you know, if they've been around a narcissist for a long time, they may have taken on some gestures or some voice tones of those alienators. And so those can be triggers for a targeted parent that's trying to restore. So, you know, what does that look like when when something like that, you're not expecting it and your child has some gesture or some words or whatever it might be that reminds you of, your, of the alienated person. And you have to be prepared to how you're going to handle that. Um, things like, hey, you know, a child comes back. Hey, mom or dad, yes, I, I'm happy to be back in your life. But just so you know, I'm going to be spending every holiday, every Christmas, whatever holiday it might be, with this other parent. Still with this alienating parent. Um, that's that's something that's kind of a stab in the back. But how do we deal with that? So, lots of these things can can be if if a parent is kind of expecting what that road is going to look like, then they can successfully navigate those conversations and what that's going to look like. And you know, where is my part in that? Where do I kind of you know, stand my ground and say, no, I'd really like to spend some time with you. And where do you have to let things go and what the balance of that is? And so that's a lot of what I do in my coaching practice.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure you're really busy now because of graduations. Mm-hmm. We've, made, we've made it through Mother's Day and now mm-hmm. Father's Day is approaching.
1: Right. right. It's, it's a tough thing. And, you know, I remind all parents, um, alienated moms and dads, that you are an excellent parent. If you're even listening to this, you are an excellent parent. It's easy for any child to love a a parent that loves them back. But how much more difficult is it to love a child that's not expressing that love to you right now? And so you look at a lot of families with, you know, parents and kids that love each other. But how many of those parents would still be in it if their children treated them like your child is treating you? A lot of these parents would have given up tell their kids to take a hike, you know? And so if you're still in this, and a lot of you have been in it for a long time, I know you you are an excellent, excellent parent. You are above a lot of these other parents. So just know that in your heart and have confidence in that fact. Um, but I try to do, again, that's only one thought. Um, that's a, a good thought to camp out on during um, those special, like a, a birthday or certainly, Mother's Day or now Father's Day coming. But the other thing you have to try to do is um, look for something else to celebrate, someone else to celebrate. So instead of taking this moment to make the day all about you, which is kind of the world's version of what it should be, all about a mom or all about a dad in this case, try to find a father figure. If you have a father, if you have Um, you know, a father-in-law, stepfather, some some person in that role, or even who's been a father figure, celebrate that person. You know, we can still have Mm -hmm. joy on those days in celebrating other people. Sometimes I think there's a greater joy in celebrating those people. So celebrate those people. Um, Maybe it's a day if you can't be with that special man on the day, um, maybe you do a project on that day as a gift to him of some sort, or taking an activity or something like that. Sometimes there are, are uh, lots of um, little boys who don't have dads. So maybe get involved in a community group that um, has a father figure type person for a young man and maybe step in and be kind of a mentor to him mm-hmm. or a helper in some way in his life and find your, your gratification and your appreciation through that relationship. And then sometimes it just comes down to distraction. Sometimes it's staying away from social media right mm-hmm. around that time. Um, you know, too often we dwell on the reminders of all that it is. And sometimes it's just okay to, to turn off the media, Mm -hmm. to turn away from it. If something comes on that you see or hear, you don't have to soak it all in. It's okay to just turn it off and go away from it and distract yourself with something healthy that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. So, um, so those are all, uh, you know, some strategies on how, how to deal with it and make the day. It doesn't have to be a horrible day. It can still be a great day. You can determine that no matter what the day is on the calendar, it's going to be a great day for
0: you. Mm-hmm. Most definitely, and um, you know, it's it's good to have the outlook. Um, what what helped me was to go out in the into the world, like into my job, and make someone else happy. Mm-hmm. And it, it does change your mental attitude, believe it or not.
1: Yes. Yes, it does, we underestimate the power of putting others above ourselves. And so, you know, we wanna make those birthdays and these holidays, we all want it to be very self-focused. And I I remind parents too that, you know, that whole self-focus is what a narcissistic parent does. And it would be natural on a day like Father's Day or Mother's Day to wanna feel honored in some special way. But we have to be careful that we're not so sensitive to it that we take on a little bit of narcissism in that, and want to just make that day all about ourselves and we're just going to sit in the, you know, slump down that day and give up on the day if we can't have our way and be the parent on that day. It's great for us to make it about someone else.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know you say like to, to send a gift uh, or should you not send a gift, to, you know, when um, when there's, say, for instance, graduations and mm-hmm. things like that. I mean, um how would you get a gift to an alienated child when no one will help you get the the gift to them? <laughs> right. I guess. It's-
1: right. It it all depends. You know, um, all different parents have different levels of contact. To so some kids, are actually communicating with them very little. To I don't have anything. I don't have an address. I don't have a phone number. I don't have an email. I have nothing. And especially with these kids in college, because. Colleges are very protective of this kid's information and they won't give you, you can call, you know, um, your child's local university and most of them will not give you any information about your child. Um, Mm -hmm. The kids at colleges and universities now can actually sign a waiver saying who they would like um, to be included in their information. And if your name is not on that, and obviously as an alienated parent, you probably wouldn't be. Um, the university can't give you access to any of that. So it can be a really tricky point. Um, You know, The best thing you can do on that day, if there's any way that you can get involved in it, to be involved. If you can't, it's okay, you can. um, One of the things that some of the parents I know have done is to set up a bank account for their child and they've put money away for birthdays, holidays, graduations, any of those things. If they can't access their child, They still are thinking of them and making those deposits. And, you know, at some point we look for a break in it that if there is an opening in communication to even send a bank statement, you know, you can cross out the number, just photocopy it and cross out a number. But so your child can see that all along you were thinking of them. You did the best you could by by setting money aside, by honoring them on that day. I have one parent who even still writes a card. She has a file. And she still on their birthday or still on Christmas, she can't send it to them because she can't get it to them, but she sends a file. And I think the beautiful thing about that is that when I look towards the day of reunification and that time when it comes, what a beautiful thing to be able to sit down and share that, you know, hey, I, 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 even though I couldn't physically reach out to you, you were still on my mind and on my heart. And these were some of the things I wanted to share with you at the time. I'm so glad that now I can share some of these things with you.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm sure weddings have to be hard because when you don't get to speak to your child, or if you're kind of speaking to your child, mm-hmm. and then you're maybe you are invited, but you're going into an area where there are people that really uh, don't want you there. Right.
1: And it can be a very awkward situation. And I want to remind all parents out there too, that if this is your child's graduation or your child's wedding, your job is just to be, if, if you're being welcomed in a slight way or, or not at all, your job is just to, to be an observer on that day. I have too many parents who, you know, their child cracks open the door and invites them to something. And then they've made that day now all about them. They've made that day about, I want to make sure I'm known at the wedding and I get my pictures and I get my everything. If this is just your crack into the communication and and just your first steps in, these first communications or times together are very fragile. These need to be handled very delicately. Any communication that takes place, any, um, any time together, just very gently. So focus that day on what can I do to take in this day and to make it special for my child. Maybe on that day, you're going to take some if you do get invited to a wedding to take a bunch of pictures and put them together in some kind of little album. Yes, your your child will most likely have a professional photographer and get pictures, but even if they receive a little album from you of just pictures you took and snapshots of other people and things on that day that maybe a photographer wouldn't catch, that might mm-hmm. be a sweet thing to be able to send to your child in an electronic form or, or even in an old-fashioned, you know, putting, putting the pictures in a little book, book to look at. Sometimes I think things like that, keep you present in a child's life. If they had a little book like that that they would put out on a coffee table or something it and it had these like little random wedding photos, it might be a good reminder of you. So think about ways that you can make it really special about their day and take it in as that observer that you've been invited to be without making it all about you, not forcing your way to the front or making a production about yourself on that day, but just being willing to take the seat that they've given you.
0: hmm and to find some parents say, Oh, I, I don't know if I can even go to to a, a wedding or graduation. Mm-hmm. You know. Um
1: it it's very hard and it can be very hurtful. But if you are invited, if your child opens the door to that opportunity, I would do everything I could to get yourself mm-hmm. and again, this is where you need to be emotionally healthy and stable because it could be easy to fall apart and you may fall apart and that's okay after you're away from them. So I know parents who've gone to graduations and they kept it together because they were sitting in the stands with everybody else and they got in the car and completely lost it. And that's fine. This, it's, there's no point in faking that this is a really happy moment for you. Um, those, those you know times in life that are life-defining moments, like graduations and weddings, you have missed out on. Chances are your maybe your whole child's high school or college experience or whole dating experience with this other person that they're marrying now. It's hard to to fake that it's a wonderful time for you. It's okay. Again, this is a good reason why you can kind of just be that silent observer. Um, I, I recommend that parents take a picture of themselves at that event mm-hmm. and make sure that you're not doing anything to make it a rocky moment for your child. Um, mm-hmm you know, even reassuring them if there isn't invitation, say, thank you so much for inviting me. I just want you to know I'm happy to be there. Um, I I I know that this may be awkward in reaching out to you. So I'll wait for you to come to me on this special day. And if you don't find an opportunity to come over to me, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I get that. I understand that it may be a challenging moment for you. I'll just be happy to be there.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm when, you know, these uh, weddings and graduations are going on, uh, you know, usually after a graduation um, and even after a wedding, you know, they usually have a house party afterwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and obviously, you know, uh, they'll probably go to the alienated parents' house for that. Mm-hmm. So it, I'm sure it's very hard when parents tell you, you know, we had to go, we just went home. Right.
1: And they do. And again, this is where you have to understand where your where your place is in that day. Try to have a grateful attitude that you were invited to anything. There are a lot mm-hmm. of parents who don't get invited to anything. So again, mm-hmm. accept your place, make it about them. You can do a lot to build a relationship without forcing your way into that day and making it awkward for your child. And this is what you know some kids will say it's not even. Alienated parents need to realize, too, that this isn't even necessarily about them. A lot of these kids are struggling with what will the dynamic between my the parent I might try to be opening to, the targeted parent to restore with, and my alienating parent. They don't even realize at that point maybe that it's an alienation. They just know, I know in this case a case with an a alienator being a dad, I just know that my dad hates my mom. And mm-hmm. I don't even hate my mom. I want her to be there. But the stress and the anxiety for me as the child in the middle is what the dynamic between them will look like. And I know that I can't tell my dad in this case not to be there or be a part of it. I can tell my mom not to be there to be a part of it. And it's not even about her. It's about how this is my special day and I can't handle the stress of what might happen if the two of you are in the same room. And so parents need to understand that too, that your child isn't necessarily trying to leave you out of it. And maybe there's an opportunity if you get invited for you to say, "Hey, um, and you know, I would love to be able to celebrate with you just on our own time." So instead of um making it about going to a party afterwards or celebration, offer your child an opportunity to say, "Hey, I would love to take you to lunch one day to celebrate. Could we do that as as part of our you know after graduation celebration, And another day I could take you to lunch or I could take you to dinner." And I would love to hear more about your graduation experience and, and hear about, you know, the other things that are going on in your life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, it's just so hard for these parents. And it's just, these are things that shouldn't have happened to begin with. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And that's the hard part too, in explaining this to anybody, because it's so far from normal that it's, it's one of those, you know, you can explain it to it and people can't even wrap your head around it. And it's so far from normal that you shouldn't. It's it's something that you shouldn't be able to explain because it's so far from what it should be. So that's okay. You know, um, it's parents need to understand that it is something that goes against the psychology of a child. We know that even children who have been really physically abused, even even burned and beaten by a parent, still want to have a relationship. They would still call them mom and dad. Parental alienation is the only uh, scenario like that where a parent, where a child would reject a parent and then even start calling them possibly by their first name. Um, so we know that it's a major dysfunction.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it sure is. Um, it's something that I'm sure has been going on for centuries. Uh-huh. And uh, we have just caught on to this, you know, maybe in the '40s, I think. Mm-hmm. So, sure. and then you have your work cut out for you because you you also offer, you know, ways for these parents to have a healthy mindset while they're waiting to get back and reunify with their kids.
1: Right, and that's one of the things you know we we focus on. Um, Part of that is just um, working on a lot of self things. So when I have my initial intake form for my clients, I have them rate themselves on a lot of different things. And two of the areas these parents struggle with the most are forgiveness and they struggle with anger and completely understandable. Um, these people have been hurt and it's usually by more than one person. They've not only been hurt by an alienator who at one point was someone they were committed to for the rest of their lives. They've been hurt by their children who are half of who they are. They, have they've probably lost, um, their step, their, their in-laws, any family on that side. We know how this alienation dynamic works and it's a split in the whole family. So they've, they've lost all that. They may have lost some of their own family members. Um, Now they've entered most likely into a legal battle and an attorney has failed them. There's an injustice there, maybe even a guardian litem or even a parenting coordinator or or a magistrate or a judge. Um, Maybe they've gone to legal health professionals, psychologists, family therapists, social workers, people who had come to get involved in this process who haven't seen it through justly either. So there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of room for forgiveness to help people. And one of the things i found is that the people who are successful in reunifying with their kids have worked through these two particular issues. And what I've also found that's, that's really interesting about this is that when these alienated kids come back, Those are the two issues that they struggle with more than anything else because now they're coming back and they discover that they have a parent, an alienating parent who has lied to them, who has not been honest about what happened, who they can see now was intentional about keeping them from another parent, which creates anger. And we know in order for them to have a healthy relationship with that alienating parent, now that they've discovered the truth, they're going to have to be able to forgive. And that's going to be a really hard forgive on their part and a lot of anger to deal with. So, you know, one of the focuses in my practice is going through all these qualities in a parent, but taking time to really dig deep into what that experience looks like and to really deal with the anger and the forgiveness piece of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, th- these parents have to have a good mindset mm-hmm. and um, enjoy enjoy what time you have, you know, when you cannot meet your child mm-hmm. or have great. contact.
1: Right. And, and two, I think it's very easy. We live in a culture that's a very absorbed with children and, and that's great. We should be very attentive parents, but I think we've put so much focus on the role as a parent that we've forgotten that we have other roles. So before you had a child, you were a, a son or a daughter, you were a brother or a sister, a cousin, maybe an aunt and uncle, you were a neighbor, you were a friend, you were a coworker. you were a volunteer, you were all of these other roles. But somehow when we become parent, everything gets consumed in the role as parent. And you forget that you are all of these other things. So it's important that, you know, um, that you kind of rediscover some of these other areas of your life that you are. I know I had one client and she said, you know, more people called me I was called mom more than I was called by my first name, by anybody, because her life was so consumed about being a mom that mm-hmm. that was her identity. Her identity was in being a mom. And she had lost her identity as all these other friends. Some of her friendships had drifted away. Her brothers and sisters had gotten farther away because she was so consumed. So it's important to, to take time to focus on those other roles and to really invest in those and know that you, that's... If you invested yourself in all of those roles, you wouldn't have enough time during the day to be good at all of them. So Mm -hmm. it's just determining to say, you know what, I'm very hopeful about my kids coming back at some point, but in the meantime, who is in my life that I can invest in and being willing to make the most of those opportunities to invest in the people around you. Mm -hmm. You know, alienated parents suffer from this feeling of not being loved and valued. But at the same time, they want to be loved and valued by their kids. And their kids aren't present right now to be able to do that. So invest yourself, your love and your time and your energy and other people. It will come back to you. You will be loved. You will be accepted. You will be acknowledged as a person of value. But you're going to have to go to a different source other than your children to do that so that you can receive it back.
0: Mm-hmm. What is the one thing that you find alienated parents getting stuck on, like they, they just can't get past or move past?
1: Mm-hmm. A lot of it, I think, is this injustice piece. You know, when I, they keep reiterating the stories of, you know, this attorney or this guardian ad litem or my ex-spouse or my ex-in-laws or whatever it might be, and they are, they struggle with that injustice that keeps coming back to it. The stories of what happened, the conversations they had with their kids, the nasty letters their children have written to them, the horrible phone calls. And it seems like that's the replay in their mind constantly. And so, you know, one of the things is breaking that cycle. And one of the things I help parents with is, you know, if if a thought of your child comes into your mind and it's a healthy thought and it makes you smile and it makes you happy, and you could be thankful, then keep that thought. But if you have a thought of your child that comes into your head and it creates anxiety or stress or a negative emotion of some sort, then you don't have to keep it there. Um, You don't have to allow that to come into your mind. And just like I tell parents, I said, you know, if a burglar showed up at your front door and wanted to come in and take your most valuable items, you wouldn't just let a burglar come in and steal it. And in the same way, these negative thoughts are standing at your door, waiting to come in and steal your joy, your peace, your happiness, your self-esteem, your all these good things. You don't have to let it in the door of your mind. Mm -hmm. You can say, you know what? No, I'm not going to let that in. And it's a training of your mind to be able to say no to those things and then to open the door to the positive good things. You know, we know the old adage, whatever you feed grows. So if you Mm -hmm. constantly find yourself feeding these negative thoughts and emotions and letting your mind continue down these rants of things that have happened, you're going to find yourself in a very negative place. So Mm -hmm. it's really gaining control of that, determining, being aware, hey, this is not a good train of thought for me right now. I'm rehashing what happened. I'm going through that court date again. I'm going Mm -hmm. through that moment that my ex said that. I'm replaying what my child did. I'm pulling up a letter and reading it that my child, a negative letter that they've given me two years ago. Why are you doing this? You know? It's right. not helpful. So it's has been, been training your mind to do that. And then investing yourself in something positive. It's not just a saying no to the negative. It's finding the positive to fill it. So it's mm-hmm. important that if you're going to say no to a negative thought, that you say yes to a positive one. And you have to work hard sometimes to come up with that positive replacement is going to be.
0: hmm well, I've always said, don't let anyone live rent-free in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. and, and it's hard when it's your child and you think about, you know, when they were little or, you know, what happened later and and parents have to just focus on moving forward and finding something to do in the meantime.
1: Right. And that looks like, you know, too, along these same lines, you know, I, I hear a lot of parents say that they're trying you know, well, I've tried that. I've tried that. So we'll talk about this kind of new mindset. I'm trying, I'm trying. And I've found that a lot of people um, don't see a difference be- between trying and training. So I try to put a spin on it that people can understand in, in an athletic way that if mm-hmm. you are someone who's training for, let's say a marathon, you don't just try to run a marathon, you train to run a marathon. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference. Trying is kind of this this weak attempt um trying seems to imply like well i tried like it's this i gave up easily kind of thing it's easier to give up on a try but when you're training like an athlete you have to have a plan you have to be you have to be determined there's this gut determination this grit set that says you know what i don't care how hard it is i'm gonna push through i'm gonna run that extra mile i'm gonna go a little faster at the end of it, I'm going to be exhausted and it's going to be hard, but you know what? I'm going to accomplish my goal if I do that. And so in the same way, when these parents do things like um, try a mindset or working on some of these other qualities on forgiving or anger, it's it's got to be a determined effort that says, I'm going to stick with it even if it's hard. And if whatever strategy we're using isn't working, we can always modify the strategy to get them to the same goal. But it's important to just, you know, not just feel like you have this flimsy attempt. It's gotta be some guts behind it. And again, this is a quality that alienated parents need to learn because this is something their children have not seen, most likely. They've mm-hmm. been told what to think as an alienated child. They haven't had this critical thinking and all of these things that, are, that they need. And so we need to be at this place where we are now standing with determination. We've been through that. We've overcome that hill. So when our kids get there and they come to us and they're like, well, I tried to make things work, or I tried to reach out to you. No, no, no. There's a difference between trying and training. Are we training to have a successful relationship or are we just trying and to talk about the difference and what it's going to take to actually get to that goal? And chances are trying's not going to get us there. It's going to take more than
0: that. hmm most definitely. Is there any last words you'd like to offer parents that are, you know, in, dis- well, in despair of these graduations and upcoming weddings?
1: Yeah, it's a difficult time of year. You know, just be willing. I always say just, it, just acknowledge the awkward. Acknowledge that it's a hard time. Just say, you know what? Yeah, it's a hard time. It is. And we're bombarded with it with so many um, landmark moments in kids' lives coming up. Just mm-hmm. take a deep breath. Take it day by day, know that you'll get through it. Find somebody to celebrate. You know, again, we have this very narrow focus. Maybe there's someone else who's a teenager in your neighborhood or at your church or in a place where you work that you could celebrate. Hey, you know, um, Ashley is graduating down the street. Why don't I do something special for her? Just try to take that focus off of how much that day is hurting you and try to take that same depth of hurt And create that same depth of joy in someone else's life. And -hmm. it can really turn a day around. Is it, is it gonna totally take away from the fact that you're not celebrating that day with your child? No, it's not. That's there. That's that stings and it hurts and that's where it is. But it doesn't have to be to the depth of that pain if you can make that day about somebody else. So do that. And know that there is help, there is hope, there are reunifications. And I find that the parents who are prepared for it handle it and they're successful with it and it's a little bit bumpy road but it's a road that's worth it and I know parents can get there.
0: Mm-hmm. Well I really appreciate you coming on to my show. It's been great having you and I know you're, you've you got to get moving here but I'd like to have you back on sometime.
1: Thank you. Okay. It's been great. I'm great. so happy to talk to you and thank you for doing your part and reaching out and helping folks because I've always said I think this is one of the most painful things that anybody can ever go through. And it's Mm -hmm. really important for us to come together as a community, to understand it better, to make sure that we're making progress in the courts and the mental health fields, and that we're doing all that we can to let parents know that things can get better. They can still have a happy and healthy life while they're going through alienation and live with the hope that they will be reunified with their
0: kids. Excellent, thank you again. Thank you. Slam the Gavels, a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in the family courtrooms that in turn perpetuate parental alienation. I'm your host Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice Poems of Truth. Please join us again here with Barb and other uh, guests here coming up. Thank you so much, Barb. Thank you.